One of the more intriguing prospects in the draft is Baylor's Jeremy Sohan. Can he be the next Draymond Green for the New Orleans Pelicans? Let's break it down in today's episode of Lockdown Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Wednesday, and we've got a great show for you today. One of the more intriguing prospects in the draft, Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor, his comps, Draymond Green. Ben Simmons, Aaron Gordon I've seen thrown in there too. Those are high-level, all-NBA guys. Is he going to live up to that, or are the concerns about him too great for him to overcome? And do the Pelicans take a flyer on him at 8? We're going to break it down in today's show. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, Monday through Friday, five days a week, breaking down the biggest topics you want to hear about this team, the things you need to know, the things that are on your mind. We got them covered here, relevant to this team at Locked On Pelicans. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast, tell a friend about the show, and leave a five-star review with a comment. You can do that on Spotify now, too. Also, leave a comment on YouTube. That helps, right? If you say comment, if you just want to say hi, whatever it is you might be, any sort of comments there on the YouTube channel, definitely help. We'll pin a tweet up there, too, which is, do you think Jeremy Sohan is going to pan out and be one of those all-NBA elite defensive guys? So let's get into it, right? Because I just mentioned it. It's defense. That's why you're intrigued by Jeremy Sohan. That's where you, That's why he's rising up to be a lottery pick. This was a guy who was an afterthought for this Baylor team, right? Doesn't really start for them. Comes off the bench and kind of does his damage that way, which is both a good and a bad thing, I think. Probably actually better for New Orleans. And he is unbelievable defensively he's probably the best defense it's not even probably he is I think the best defensive prospect in the draft he's outstanding on that side of the ball and he's got good size to do it too 6'9 with a 7 foot wingspan he's closer to 6'10 too 7 foot wingspan 230 pounds he can guard all five positions all five positions he will be able to guard, I promise you, in the NBA. And he has the makings, potentially, of being a small ball five for you. A la Draymond Green and what the Golden State Warriors have done with him over the past half decade, closer to a decade or so now at this point, right? He is elite at that. He can handle the speed of guards and the physicality of forwards. And he plays with just a mean streak and an aggressiveness to his game. And you love to see that. He forces steals and, and deflections with his long arms in those passing lanes. And you very clearly see how much pride he has on that side of the ball. He almost takes it personally if he gives up a bucket or if you beat him. He plays with just the most amount of heart you've seen. You saw it really on display in the tournament too when they tried to come back against UNC. And he was diving for loose balls. You know, he has shades of that kind of Josh Hart hustle guy in him too. And he's an elite rebounder as well. Everything you want out of a dude on the defensive side of the ball, he gives you. 
and he can defend on the perimeter. And we've talked about it a couple times in the past couple of weeks, right? The NBA is moving towards big, skilled, wing-oriented play. And you need people to shut those guys down, like Herb Jones. Well, you don't really have anyone else on the team that can do that on wings that are big to the same extent. So on, absolutely going to be able to do that, right? And look at the way he guards guys, particularly other guards. The way he defends other guards. There we go. That sounds better. Look at the way he positions his body to cut off drives to the rim. How many times did we see guard after guard just getting downhill, getting to the rim, forcing the Pelicans to kind of panic into long rotations, things like that, broken plays, and scrambling till eventually someone found a man for an open three that they made. So on's going to be able to eliminate that. He knows how to cut off angles and drives to the basket and things like that. With those long arms and he can disrupt the passing lanes, man, you look at the dudes that are playing offense against him and it looks exhausting to have him guarding you. And he was doing it at an extremely high level. I wouldn't call him a rim protector, but he is a bit of a shot blocker all over the court. You know, similar to Herb Jones, who's blocking threes. You know, with his instincts and his leap ability and his speed, he's great on closeouts. He's going to be able to defend the perimeter and be able to make you pay if you try and take a three against him. He's the type of guy that's going to block three-pointers in the NBA. And again, that is a very, very rare thing to be able to see. So there's a lot to love about him. The strength, the quickness, the burst he has, all of that make him just a physical tool, right? He's 19 years old. He was a freshman and he got even better as the season went on. And you love to see that improvement as the year goes on and on and on. And he was playing his best basketball by the time of the tournament. And this is now how, from a guy that wasn't really thought of about anything, right? Kendall Brown was the better player on Baylor that people were thinking was going to be a lottery pick. And while so on is absolutely eclipsed that. But there's a bit of a concern about him offensively. Can he develop a shot in the NBA? Let's talk about that coming up next because while the defense is there and I love it, you can't just only play defense, particularly at his position. You need to have offense too. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Built Bar. We've been asking and Built Delivered. Built Granola Bars are here. I just ordered a mixed box of these. Built Granola Bars come in three unbelievable flavors. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. And if you want to try all three, you can get the mixed box over at Built.com right now. That is what I did. And I got to try some of the samples too. And they are so different from the other bars they have. The bars and the puffs, right? Built Granola Bars are loaded with granola, which I love. It's the perfect combination of crunch and chewiness and just like the bars and the puffs these things are packed with protein and covered in 100% real chocolate so you're thinking you're eating a candy bar here except it's only got 150 calories 15 grams of protein and only four grams of sugar built granola bars are going to change your world and build has cracked the code to better granola they're the perfect healthy snack to put in your lunch take on the road or eat whenever you need them And they're made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits as well. So if you've been waiting for a healthy and delicious granola bar to hit the market, it's your time now. Head to Built.com right now to get the granola bars, three delicious flavors to try. Chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white chocolate berry. Don't miss out. You've got to get yours today. Go to Built.com. Get Built granola bars. Now go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your next order again. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off over at Built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Again, we are free 
been here for over 230. This is the 236 Locked on Pelican show. I didn't do the first 32 episodes. I actually did the math on this the other day. That's how many there have been. We're here Monday through Friday breaking down everything you want to know about this team. Subscribe. And, of course, watch on YouTube. And now an important quick favor to ask from you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast like Locked On Pelicans even better. It's your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Podcast. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long. Everyone who completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of $1,000 Ticketmaster gift cards to buy tickets to the Pels game. So take our audience survey. Go to Locked LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey and appreciate everyone who takes the time. All right, so we are talking about Jeremy Sohan, and we're following kind of the similar script for the way I've been breaking down prospects. First segment, what do you love about the guy? Why would the Pelicans really be interested in him at eight? Why are we talking about this player as a lottery pick? And then in the second segment, where's the concern? What are we worried about with these guys? Well, with Jeremy Sohan, it's obvious, right? The the offense was not there. So there's a couple of reasons for that, but the numbers first, right? 9.2 points per game. He did get better as the year went on. You know, he finished scoring about 12.3 points per game when you kind of look at the final two months of the year. And clearly he can get to the rim. We saw that. He plays downhill with that strength. He can get to the cup and score that way too. And he's an excellent offensive rebounder. You put him on this team and the Pelicans are going to be offensive rebounding like crazy with Zion back. And he's good in transition. He runs the floor really, really well. But, but the question mark is the shooting, right? Like that's kind of the big mark on him. 29.8% from three, under 30%. It's not great. You know, when we did, when I did the Friday show, right? We had Richard Stamen of Locked On, of, of the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. He didn't have so on his lottery pick in his top 20 guys because of that lack of a shot. It's the one skill you got to have in the NBA. Like it's a non-negotiable right now, particularly from a wing player like this. So sometimes those numbers can be misleading. So you look at what a better indicator of future shooting is, and that's at the free throw line. So what did he shoot from the charity stripe? It's not much better. 58.9%, under 60% from the free throw line. It's not good. Like, it's not good, right? Like, he's got a slow release. There's not much of an arc to it. It's a very flat shot. It just really comes down to, do you think that changes or not? It's enough to make me concerned. It's enough to make me call him an interesting prospect, right? Because there's good and bad to his game as opposed to this dude is awesome and the Pelicans should draft him if he's there at eight. And he might be, might not be too, right? When your comps are Draymond Green, when you're that good defensively and he's an underrated passer, 1.8 assists per game, but he was only playing 25 minutes and coming off the bench and kind of being asked to do a variety of different things. You give him the opportunity to be more of a focal point. I have no doubt those offensive numbers are going to be able to go up. But will the shooting? I'm not sure. Here's the thing in his favor, though. Scotty Barnes had kind of the same issues. He worked on a shot. and Look, he was rookie of the year this past season. So is that the biggest deterrent when you have kind of everything else? It can be, right? You know, do you remember Michael Kidd-Gilchrist taking... Two after Anthony Davis in that draft. He hasn't played in the league the past two years. He was an unbelievably good defender. Excellent wing defender, but zero offense, right? 
how long do you stay in the league and how does your role kind of uh, change now, right? Um, Kid Gilchrist wasn't great the past couple of years that he was in the league. And he's eventually out because of that lack of offense, because he has zero shot whatsoever. Well, that's the kind of concern about Sohan right now. But look, he shows the ability to get his shot off in some self-creation. He's got a nice little turnaround mid-range jumper that he can use, but he doesn't have a post game. And more or less, he's just a straight downhill player. He'll attack the basket. He'll definitely drive and do all of that. He can work off ball a little bit, but he's not a lead at that. But, you know, I don't know. With that lack of shot there, maybe it kind of comes down to how much faith do you put in a guy like Fred Vinson to be able to really help him develop that and turn him into the type of player you really want him and need him to be. If you think he can develop that shot, let me know down below in the comments. That could be a good one right here. Do you think Jeremy Sohan can develop a jumper, a three-point shot in the NBA? Again, I'm not really sure that he's going to be able to do that in that concerns me despite all the other tools there we've seen kind of the same issues with Ben Simmons right and it's holding him back from being all that he can be but he's not the passer that Ben Simmons is he can be as good of a defender as he is I think he can be as good of a rebounder as Ben Simmons is so but you're still kind of missing some of the key parts there and that's the knock on him that's what if he falls in the draft is going to be the biggest thing I've watched his pro day the shot doesn't look great there is definitely a slow release and not enough arc on those. So he makes them, but are you going to be able to do that kind of at the same level at the NBA when there's defenders trying to close out on you? And his shot's going to be easier to block, certainly, than a lot of the other guys that we've been talking about so far. And that's the big concern of it. That's like the only problem with him, really. The basketball IQ is through the roof. He gives you everything else you want other than like the most important skill to have in the NBA right now, and that is shooting. So is that enough, in my opinion, in your opinion, to hold him back? Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info, particularly with the NBA Finals starting on Thursday. Warriors, minus 160 to win the series. They're three and a half point favorites in game one. Are you feeling good about that? Bad about that? You can find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including the NBA Finals, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. So BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, whether it's live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Now, make sure to go check out the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. Host Raphael Barlow of NBA Draft Junkies, breaking down all things NBA Draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. He just did a mock draft, had um, Benedict Matherin going to the Pelicans at 8. We'll be t- looking more at mock drafts on Friday in uh, that episode of Locked On Pelicans. All right, so we are talking about Jeremy Sohan today. Out of Baylor, gives you everything you want defensively, right? He's going to block shots all over the floor. He's going to be a disruptive force. And the Pelicans need more defense, more Herb Jones's please, right? Look at how influential he was on this team, shutting guys down at times. Yet another one of those into the mix with better size, who's younger. He's really an intriguing player here, but is that jump shot or lack thereof? such an issue and so if I'm the Pelicans 
I would probably I would take him at eight. I would take him over Matherin, I think. Partially because I do believe in the development you've seen from some of these guys and the shooting progress from some of these guys over the past number of years. It really does speak to the development that the Pelicans are doing, particularly Fred Vincent, the shot doctor on this team. And because we don't expect a ton of rookies to really be able to play right away for this roster, given that you know they're already kind of 10-11 deep to a certain degree. If you can get one that whose elite skill is, we need to get a stop right now, I, I feel comfortable throwing Sohan out there on the court. I think he could earn more minutes than some of these other guys could. Plus, I don't see Matherin being a number one option on a team. So is he going to be a role player with the starters? And to me, they're not going to use him in that way. You might use him as the second at, at, with the second unit where he is more of a focal point, but I don't think he's ready for that role or if he'll ever develop into that in the NBA level. So I look at Sohan, I go, well, you, you can build him up. There's no rush on that. You know, if he needs to get some serious playing time to just play offensively, throw him in the G League for a little bit. You know, now that they're in Birmingham and that makes it a whole lot easier. So I'm very intrigued by drafting a guy with these physical tools. I think he's going to be a good playmaker and a very good passer too. Level of Ben Simmons? No. Level of Draymond Green? Maybe right around there. Probably not getting triple doubles, but he could be getting you six, seven assists potentially on a nightly basis. I think that's great. The offensive rebounding is a skill I absolutely love. Crash the glass with a guy like Valanciunas and Zion. That's great. And again, he doesn't need to play, be playing with those guys a ton right now, nor should he be, to be perfectly honest. These teams aren't going to respect his three-point shot. He needs to retool it. He doesn't need to change it a ton, right? He doesn't kind of have that crazy thing that Lonzo Ball did where the hand goes across the face and he's shooting this way, right? And how are you supposed to be able to see anything when it should just be like that instead of like this, right? So... He doesn't have the, the shots with those things are he doesn't have huge problems. And again, you look at people with his size and his talent, and these guys succeed in the NBA. Scotty Barnes being a really good example of that. But yeah, if it doesn't go well, you're looking at a Michael Kidd Gilchrist, which is not what you want out of this pick for the Pelicans. And in a sense, he was a little bit of a bust. But guys who can defend all five positions with the basketball IQ that he has while still being young and probably a lot of untapped potential, 6'9", 6'10", with a 7-foot wingspan, those are the future all, all, all defensive team guys. Those are the type of guys that are going to win Defensive Player of the Year. So being able to add one at eight and knowing you have that and can work with him on his offense and bring him slowly in there and you're not going to throw him in on the deep end with that and he's going to fail. I'm really intrigued by that idea. We'll do eventually do a ranking of, you know, I'll do another big board maybe sometime next week before we get to the NBA draft and we'll look at all of that. But he is going to be good, I think. And I, I don't see him really failing out and he's got just enough offense he's good enough getting downhill to be able to score that he should have a future in the league so I'm pretty high on Jeremy Sohan watching him play more with just the elite physical talent and the defense that he has but let me know down below is that lack of a three-point shot a deal breaker for you and I definitely understand that it was for the draft expert that we just had on Richard Stamen of Locked On NBA Big Board that's a big problem I just believe in the Pelicans and what they've been able to accomplish with some of their guys and if they can do that with Sohan, you have a potential all-NBA guy in him. He's going to be that good defensively that you just need to get 12 points per game, 15 points per game out of him, and you are set with what he's going to be able to give you. And they should be, I think that's something that is a very realistic scenario for him.
So there you go. Jeremy Sohan, one of the more intriguing guys, I think, here in the NBA draft. Tomorrow, A.J. Griffin. I want to look at him. Unbelievably great three-point percentage. Is there more to it or are there too many red flags? That's going to be coming up tomorrow's episode of Locked on Pelicans, and that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to discuss A.J. Griffin.